Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com, and it features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on Music Life Radio, we feature Dave Dalton. He's been playing music since the 1980s. He started out in the punk band's Screaming Bloody Marys, Cell Block 5, and is now diversifying his sound after picking up the Dobro. The Dobro is an acoustic guitar with a metal insert to make it louder. It's a favored instrument amongst blues musicians and folk artists. His current projects include the Irish folk band Old Cheeky Bastards, the acoustic busker punk band Pissed Off Punks, otherwise known as Pops, as well as doing solo performance. Eric Corr interviews Dave about his past, his many different projects, and we capture a live in-studio performance by Dave. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio, this one entitled Dobro Dave Dalton. Well, welcome to Music Life Radio. Uh, my name is Eric Corr, and I'm with the band Gunpowder, and today I have yes. the pleasure of speaking with Dave Dalton, who <laughs> I'll just list a few th- places that I know Dave Dalton from. Screaming Bloody Mary, yes. Cell Block 5, yes. The Old Cheeky Bastards, yeah. Pops, and of course, wherever Dave is, there's a project happening. There's <laughs> always something going so, on. So uh, there's probably boy. another 15 projects that I'm not even aware of. Yes, so. there's actually two more. There's two in the can. What, what are two of the, the other current ones? Uh, there's one, um, um, Kitty Hawk. It's, uh, it's me and my girlfriend, Jennifer. And she's a real good guitar player. She's been paying this guy lessons for a long time, but she's so good. I go, you don't need lessons anymore. You need to go out and play. So me and her are going to do our first little debut in January. No, yeah, January at Country Joe McDonald's Pub or whatever it's at. Oh, very cool. And uh, so I told her, don't pay that guy a couple hundred bucks a month. If you're going to pay money, pay it to me. I'll be the manager. <laughs> so we're doing the Kitty Hawk thing. And then, cool. uh, then I'm doing something um, with me and a couple of guys that no, really nobody knows. They're just a bunch of um, old guys, like my age, the two old black dudes. And they live in uh, Alameda, and they play blues. And so we're going to just – we have no name yet, but we're going to go debut at the Rooster Roadhouse on Tuesday oh, night. Oh, very cool. Just playing bottleneck blues, these two black dudes. Yeah. And they like me. And the damn the funniest thing, I don't even know where they live at, but we all meet at the coffee shop. And we keep in touch. But you guys have jammed together? Oh, yeah, we're jammed, yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Nice stuff. We've been doing like a, stuff like a, kind of a Robert Johnson type Tom Waits stuff. Yeah. I, just, I just keep the, the melody line going. Well, they do their, they do doing uh, all that singing that don't make sense. All that, <laughs> bam, doing all this stabbing. Oh, very cool. I'm just playing that little slide and. It's going like to be fun. old school stuff. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Only thing is, I'm not black. I get in my black mode. <laughs> but no, no, no. You got soul. I got you know soul. how to rock it. I ain't got soul. <laughs> so. No, no, no. So, you know, I've known you for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think that if you're in the scene out here for more than five minutes, at some point you've met Dave Dalton or know somebody who knows Dave Dalton. Somebody hates me. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? But yeah. I mean, the, you pretty much you you you're 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 one of those people that's kind of iconic in the scene. You've been around for a really long time. So I guess where I'd like to do is just kind of go back to the beginning, okay. and yeah. you know, where does it start? Where does Dave Dalton begin? Oh, man, Jesus! I mean, I, I know I played music um, when I was in junior high. When the I was in during I was in that monkeys era phase that. Um, Paisley print T-shirt or shirt phase. I had a Rickenbacker and playing Louie Louie with a school band and that that kind of thing. And then I think what happened in 1968. I was like well, I think 15 at the time. 
uh, I climbed out of my window to go with my cousin to the Fillmore. So you were living in the city. Did, yeah. Are, are you I, from the Bay Area then? Or? No, I, um, I was actually born and uh, raised till I was nine in Manchester, England. Then we moved over, oh, okay. we moved over here. Uh, of all places, we moved in the States. You're going to laugh. All places. I didn't know this place existed. Dora, Alabama. My God. Wow. That's, that's coal mine. That's like Appalachian bad. This is like early 1960s. If you have dark skin, you're in trouble, you know? So I'm considered like a darkie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's politics, but. No, but in Alabama, I, mean, I could, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, so we, we, we moved from there and we came up. So now I, I, we're in the Bay Area now. We, 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 my mom got tired of that and said, no, nah, we're going back to you know, the Bay Area. So, what, did that take like five minutes? It took about a second. My mom goes, this is it. No, we're not living here. How the hell did they wind up there? I mean, I just. Oh, dude. I don't know. My, my dad's brother moved from England to there and got a job in a mine. Oh, okay. Thought, okay, so this is our living. Come out. My God, what a wake-up call. It was just horrible. I can't I, even imagine. I, I have the worst story ever. When I was when I was in school, I think it was second or third grade, I think. And I told the teacher, I kept fidgeting, and I mean, all I remember is the teacher saying, "Yes, what do you want?" And then I go, "I had to go to the bathroom." And it was a hot day, and I was, my stomach was hurting. She told me I couldn't go, so she told me to go outside and sit until the bell rang. They wouldn't let me go to the bathroom, so I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst ever. Ever. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> Get on the bus. I'm, I'm on the bus. And all the kids are making fun of me. They go, oh, man, you messed your pants. I remember this little kid goes, you messed your pants. I'm in, a, I'm in the corner, like, just like, not know what to do. And so I get off the bus. I'm running down this dirt road to the, the house we live in, like a cabin thing. And uh, fuck, man. My dad told me I had to go back to school. And that was the worst ever. But I, I just shut it all out. Yeah. Because people were going, oh, that's the kid that shit his pants. You know, or messed his pants. They didn't say shit. They said messed his pants. I suppose in Al- what was it, Alabama, right? Yeah, Alabama. Like, you don't even get to be the cool kid from England there. No, no. they probably well, don't know where thing. the fuck uh, England is, do th- they? No, that's another thing. I had the accent, right? I had the accent. You had the English accent, oh, right? Had, yeah, oh, I was, I was there. I was like, I had the... I didn't have jeans, pants. I had these knickers with stockings and bullshit. Like pants. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got smacked around so bad. I was, oh, it, was, it was really bad. The kids would ask me, say something. And I would say something. They, they would call me a fag. I said, I don't smoke. And that's, that's the God right, right, right. I, mean, I don't smoke. And, and they were just like, <laughs> the, I think the geometry is just like Dora Alabama. And that was the worst times. So then, that, then we moved back out here, and this is how I um, moved out here into the Bay Area. And then, I, I, as I got older and older, my favorite bands was like listening to the Beatles, like in the '60s. Uh, Ed Sullivan. I, I was a boy, a little Cub Scout with a suit on, and I seen Ed Sullivan on, on um, with the Beatles and Ed Sullivan. And I was like, I heard about him because my sister had my sister Marjorie was like that. The really bohemian lady, you know. So she had the album. I kept looking at it. I used to take it, the album out of the drawer, look at it, and go, wow, this guy's got long hair. Well, their hair is like us. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? And I put it back in the drawer, and S. Sullivan came on. As soon as I seen him do the love you, yeah, yeah, I started taking my Boy Scout stuff off. I, I was never <laughs> going back, and I never went back. Oh, my dad was livid. He was just so pissed off. And so and I begged my, my grandmother, Begged her, please buy me a Beatle T-shirt. So I got a Beatle T-shirt. I had some little black Chelsea boots, and you know I had no hair. My hair was short. It was like really short. I pull it forward, and I go to the Catholic school, and they sent me home. <laughs> we had Friday free. You can wear on Fridays any any clothes you want, but they sent me home. So, and then uh, from there on out, I just started listening, like buying, collecting records. I got my first guitar, and. Then I went to the Fillmore. Like I said, I was climbing out of the window to go to the Fillmore. And I didn't know who the Jeff Beck group was. I just knew he was in the Yardbirds. Yeah. And I thought Jeff Beck was Rod Stewart. This guy was singing. Go, oh, well, Rod guy? Stewart was singing with Jeff Beck. Yeah, and Beck I thought he was Jeff he? Beck. Oh, you know, okay. Because you think Jeff Beck's the guy, you know? Right. I'm going. And I was a little kid. And back in those days, it was loose. You can get in there. I was 14 or 15. So did you get to see Rod Stewart oh, yeah. singing with Jeff? Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. He had like a little... Like a, like a little um, Mustache with like a little beard, like yours, exactly. And he would, 
And Ron Wood was playing like bass. Type yeah, and Ron Wood was playing bass, and and Beck was playing, and they were doing all these cool wow. things. And I was just like, and the, the the guy that opened the show was a guy named Taj Mahal, <laughs> this black dude. And then when he played the Dobro, the metal oh, I know resonator, Taj Mahal, yeah, he's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh, when I seen that black, when I seen that Dobro. I was going, what kind of guitar is that? You know. So that from there, uh, that was it, Eric. And then. As time went on, I was in high school bands, and then I, my first punk rock show ever was the Sex Pistols at the Winterland. Wow. Oh, there's punk around already. Right. But as your focus on getting a ticket for a big punk band, so it's like going and seeing Led Zeppelin if you're a hippie. It's like, so I went to- Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you know, the Pistols were a big deal. Man. Oh, yeah, huge, yeah. You know what I mean? When I first got the Nevermind the Bullocks album- all those rumors are saying, if you bought the album, there was, there was all these rumors across the country, people buying the album, getting beat up by, by rockers or beating up these guys. That were Serious? Buying, yeah, there was a true fact. There was people that, there was a guy in some place in the, in the uh, I think it was Kansas. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> that's close <laughs> enough. And the guy had the Nevermind the Bullocks album, and these redneck guys beat him up. Wow. Because he bought a record that was not really... Well, the cover was pink too. Yeah, it was pink. And this is never mind the bullets. Yeah, it was pink. You know, and so I started collecting those records. I worked at Rather Rip Records. Um, um, Rather Rip was up there near the Berkeley College. Okay, it was on the corner. It was like one of the best underground records ever. Yeah, and I worked there. And Greg Kin was my boss. He was uh, he was the guy was uh, the boss. And I used to get all the latest records and the buttons and the little things and stuff like that. And I, got, and I went to go see the Pistols. I had long, long hair, you know, which I had in cell block. Right. You know, and I cut it off. After I seen the Pistols, I go, fuck, this is great. I mean, it was awesome. And so I there, I'd start blooming around and playing guitar. and No no name bands I was playing in. I mean, but I got to play the Mab and the Tool and Die and the Def Club and <clears throat> so forth. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. The 80s went by fast because I was mainly doing a lot of drugs and collecting records and and um, just not really focusing to settle down and play music like I should have, but plus I was a father too and stuff, so. Yeah. And, uh, and I started really gearing up towards the end of the 80s playing music with bands and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And I liked it. It was good, you know. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So were you raised Catholic on top of all that then too? Oh, yeah. So that must have gone over real well in Alabama because you were probably the Catholic family in Alabama, right? <laughs> Alabama was. I, I just put it on like I'm just adding layers. To this, it was horrible, yeah. Alabama. Uh, oh man, just the, the name Alabama. Is, I mean, who names these states, man? <laughs> Mississippi. Some, so, some drunk redneck. Alabama, Missouri, and if you don't say it right, you get in trouble. <laughs> There's a story, man. I wasn't um, screaming bloody Marys. This is like um. Our first tour, we we just got signed to Doctor Dream Records, yeah. Slice Mercury Records. You know that was, they they own that label. It was a little label, but they put us on tour. I was really proud. We were in a nice van with a little trailer, like all the other guys, touring with Soundgarden or touring with Dinosaur Jr. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We go to Davenport. I think it's in Florida, coming out of Florida into this other state. But it was Davenport? I remember I was getting out and I had the long hair and it turned into dreadlocks. I was pouring, putting gas in the, the truck, the van. So I go inside the pay, and there's these guys. And they look at me, and they go, look at that nigga with the shit locks. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jeez. Man, did I get scared. <laughs> I was shaking, and I don't know what to say. You couldn't say nothing because, A, when that guy said that, he was a sheriff. He was an actual cop. Oh, shit. He was a cop, so you can't say nothing. Yeah. yeah. And they're, 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 trying to, they're trying to roust any punk rock bands or rock bands the, the nigger with the shit locks. Man, what a, what a, that was kind of a fucked up deal. Yeah, but eh, whatever, you know. I, you survived. That's I survived. I survived. Thing. I survived it and everything. But I got to see quite a few of the states and stuff, you know. I think the best tour was going up to Seattle. I think everybody went to Seattle back then. The grunge thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Here's Screaming Bloody Marys with Mota. Mata! 
So, so Screaming Bloody Mary was was like the first band that you you were in that like really started making a kind of a dent and yeah, and getting yeah. out there. Uh, there was a little band before, just a, a day, a months before that called Dick and Jane. It was me on guitar and Spider, the singer of the Marys, mm-hmm. and a girl named Linda Zeiss. She played a drum machine computer thing, right? You press right. it, and it came out out of these two big speakers, like you know. And so we sort of like punked it up a bit. I hit this, hit that. And it worked. I mean, dude, we opened up for Johnny Thunders at the at the oh, Berkeley Square. We opened up for Johnny Thunders. We opened up. We went to Gilman Street. We were on a real cool bill. It was Dick and Jane, Blast, mm-hmm. No Alternative, The Dwarves, and Green Day. Wow. And so we were we were going good. It was fun. Yeah. It was going good. And after that, man, I just got sick and tired of that drum machine. I got so tired of it, and I told Spider, at the time I, I call him Fudgy, I told him, man, I don't want to do this no more. So we met up with a guy named Paulie, a drummer, mm-hmm. from a band called Sonic Brain Jam, which is a good, good, they're a good punk a rock band. So we got together, the three of us, and we, we, then we, we got a guy named Smoot, who was in the same band as Sonic Brain Jam. He's a bass player. So the four of us went to a studio. We started playing some songs. And it sounded so good, cranking up the Marshall amps, mm-hmm. and it was starting to sound good. It was really, really good. And and then uh, I found Juan. I knew Juan for a while, mm-hmm. and then I, I see him in Noe Valley, and I, I said, "Hey, man, you want to join this band?" Yada yada. And he did. He right on the spot. I want to do it because I'm in a band that they don't, they don't even want to play out. They want to rehearse more mm-hmm. and play. So we. Uh, he learned the songs in two weeks. We were already established a little bit. We played the Chatterbox. We played right. Nightbreak, whatever. But we needed a lead guitarist. And Fudgy was playing guitar at the time. And I was a, I was a shitty lead guitarist. So I, was, I, just, I just wanted to be Izzy Stradlin in the band. I don't care. So we got Juan. And he, I said, you got to learn, learn 12 songs in two weeks. He goes, why? I go, because we're going to go on tour. <laughs> 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 and we took, those are the days we took chances, Eric. Yeah. We did a little, pressed a little single. We did this and that. And then we went up to Seattle, did the whole circuit, came back, and we're exhausted and broke and whatever. But I liked the Screaming Bloody Marys. It was fun. We, we, it was we a fun had, band, yeah. It was a fun band. Um, we were just like a rock band with punk influences. And we get drunk and go to the, to the night break, go to Mario's next door, get, mm-hmm. get sauced. I love the night break. You can get laid all the time and, you know, that kind of shit. But I like the Bloody Marys. We put out some records and mm-hmm. got signed for a little while. And then after a while, it just got bad when Spider, when he left, the, the, it was done because I missed him. Right. And then we had Jennifer, the girl. I don't know. I if remember you, that. Yeah. It was I good. She was, left and yeah, she was good. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed her. She was nice. We went on a tour across country and. But it started falling apart because when you, you get a bass player named, uh, the bass player at the time was Joey Reyes, and you get a bass player <laughs> dipping into the money of your merchandise and mm. you can't pay it back, it gets bad. You know, people start, money can make people go crazy. Yeah. But the marriage was good. We had a good time. We were on some labels and Sympathy Records, Dr. Dream. Um, we met some good bands and some real good friends. I met some people along the way. And, uh, I kept my faith going because I, this is what I wanted to do. I think everybody else didn't have that that same drive as I had. Yeah, you know. So I, I and after that, at the time when I was fizzling apart, fizzling, fizzling, um, I was doing the starting to work with Cell Block Five. Well, actually, it was called the Mercy Thieves at the time. Uh, we had a girl that played with us, and and we didn't have no direction. She wanted to do Blondie stuff, and I mm. wasn't into that. So we we gave her the old boot, you know. Yeah, because Blondie had already done Blondie yeah, stuff. Yeah, Blondie's so already done Blondie. Yeah. And there's just too many Blondies. And I don't want to do it. So we got together. We were looking for a bass player. We got my old bass player, Fred Creamy. He was a bass player, one of the bass players in, in Screaming Buddy Mary's. Mm. Good bass player, but he was just too dorky. He had this, like, he had, like, a, a dork in the band. He wore, he wore like, penny loafers and these Docker pants and <laughs> he just looked like a bad Peter Tork. <laughs> but good bass player. Right. So we, we get him in there and he's playing just that. And he just pushed me the wrong way. And uh, I don't know how to fire a person at the time. So I had the drummer Tommy fire him. And Tommy said, I'll be delighted. <laughs> and right there in front of me, Tommy goes, I told Tommy, I, I don't want to have this guy in his band anymore. I'll, I'll fire him. I'll be delighted. 
He came in and goes, hey, you're out of here. Fuck off. <laughs> and he pushes gear out, out the door. <laughs> oh, so, so we're getting another bass player, okay? So we're we're getting my, simple to the point. Right to the point. He didn't want to. Sounds around. like it was effective. Yeah, and the guy was going, "You can't do that. Dave owns this band. Why, Dave?" I go, and he and Tom goes, "I'm talking as Dave. You're out of here. Fuck God. off." <laughs> oh, man. So then we get a, we get my nephew. He just got out of Berkeley High. Well, that's right. That was the guy I mean, who was. I remember the, now. Yeah, yeah, you know Chris. He had yeah. the long hair and the leather uh-huh. jacket, and he yeah. had that. He had that. Uh, that whole. Uh, who was the guy that died in Metallica? Cliff Burton. Look, he had that whole long hair and played the Rickenbacker. Well, he looked like like the, the lost Ramon's son. Yeah, didn't he? The little leather jacket. He's all totally. I mean, he looked like if you know, he would be like one of the Ramon's kill, <laughs> children or something. Yeah, walking around. around like, yeah. <laughs> so he came in and uh, we showed him a few songs, and he was a novice on bass, but he kept it. Kept it going. He kept that thump. He's yeah. just like a one stringer, but doing this like Didi. And we're going, okay, this is great. This is going to work now. Here's Cell Block 5 with I Like It. have no fucking shows we only knew five songs four maybe the tops pipeline and some other ones and all of a sudden eric you were doing a show at the beach oh that's right yeah you go hey man you want to be on a show with us or so, i don't know if he's well oh i came up to you i think i'm not sure how it happened because i'd done one show there before it was just kind of one of those weird things where a friend of mine had asked me uh he said he wanted a show for his birthday i'm like okay where do you want it like at the beach and i'm like well, I don't think that's legal. <laughs> and so I looked into it, and it, it absolutely wasn't legal. No, I mean, you didn't have a license. And no, that. there was no way to make it legal. And oh, so wow. we we uh, basically backlined, smuggled a bunch of amps, and put a bunch of grills out and had an all-day party on the beach. It went great. And so the second time, you see, we yeah. got cell block together. Yeah, yeah. And so we were going for round two of Beach Fest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was funny. It was awesome. It but was, you came to my first show, man. Yeah, well, that was funny, too, because I remember... Right as we're trying to get the equipment and sneak the equipment onto the beach, this cop rolls up. Remember the horse? And well, I remember because one of your guys had a video camera and, and you took it over from there. Yeah. And you started talking up the cop. And that was, <laughs> God, that was fucking funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. They're all like, well, you know, officer, I, I, I know we're not supposed to be here, but, you know, we're, we're actually, my band just got this big record deal and we're making a video for MTV. And this is such a big break for us. And, like, seriously, I mean, you know. I said that? Wow. Yeah, oh, you, you had the whole, if you were gab. on. Yeah, Mr. I mean, gab. I, was, I just kind of sat back there going, like, you know, like, just keeping my mouth shut because I'm like, I don't want anybody doing I'm the guy putting on the show, you know. It's like, I'm just some dude who happens to be standing here with a guitar in his hand, you know. But you had the whole thing going. And, like, the cop's like, oh, really? You're like, yeah, man, you know. And, God, you know, I mean, I know you got your job to do. And I'm really sorry because, I mean. I know we shouldn't yeah, be here, but that's dude, it would mean so much if you could just give us like just a little bit of time. The cop's like, well, 
can you do it all in an hour? And you're like, well, you know, videos take a long time. I said, wow, I was and, really gabbing Oh, you up. pushed it. Like, you were, you, it was like, you had, it was amazing. It was amazing. Was- all I remember is a cop says, I'm going to go away, way up there with that cliff house, way up there, and ride slow. When I come back, we, I want you guys done. We got to rock out for, I think, a good two, three hours. Yeah. And... You know, I remember that one kid kept on mouthing off to the cop. I go, shut up. Yeah, well, totally. No, no, because that was the first. No, I remember what happened the Wasn't first that? time is the first time we did the show there, a cop showed up right at the end of it, a park ranger. And he goes, hey, what's going on? Nothing, officer. Well, it looks like there was a big party and some bands. And I said, there was. <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, that's not legal. And I go, I know that. He goes, uh... But it's all done. I'm like, yep, it's all done. There's not much anybody can do about it now. He's like, so yeah, I guess, I guess there's not much I can say, is there? I said, nope. Cause I remember I said to myself, I go, this guy's going to come back. He's going to want to shut this down. I said, okay, I'm on first. <laughs> and we put our shit up there so goddamn fast, man. And we did four songs. And you go, I'm on next. Mm-hmm. And you jumped up there, man. Well, it was a good time, though. It was it a lot was of fun. fun. It was fun. Those are the good. When you did that, I go, fuck, there is somebody that likes me. <laughs> <laughs> I that was a yeah. great show too because I it was remember fun. I got photos of that really I, no, I, I you, was, I got you playing your acoustic guitar yeah because you uh, I mean I remember when you guys got up there it's like holy it was just like a wall of sound it was, it was awesome like, you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of like the old uh, kind of the old Motor City type, type of stuff you know it's, yeah it the kind Detroit of had that stuff yeah MC5 uh, early Stooges just that, that just that power that Detroit oh, sound man. you know just that really fucking badass wall of sound and I was, like that that's what I liked we only knew four songs we did Pipeline and we did okay and stuff and I liked it it was good it was good time good times to Cell Block 5 was, you'd moved to LA for a while yeah and yeah. that was the worst ever but yeah. Cell Block did really well down there I mean I've met so many nice people to this I keep in contact I met Pete D from the Attics mm-hmm. He's on the new record that Cellblock has a record we did like four years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago. We never put it out because I got tired. I could have had to put it out. I could have went to a label, but I just didn't want to do it no more. Right. I got tired. But so this record is going to be coming out um, on a label, a real nice label. And um, on the record, it has like my, my friends are on it. PD from the Attics, Black Dahlia from the Dwarves mm-hmm. is on it. We do a great, great uh, cover of the, the Who's, it's, the kids are all right. And uh, we have Nick Oliveri from Queens of the Stone Age on it. So that's coming out. Yeah, I know if I go, things will be a lot better for her. You know we had things planned, but her folks wouldn't let her. So what I, cause I remember when you moved to LA. Yeah, and, and, it, and it worked out really. I, I just got um, tired of it up here. I yeah. went down there and I met a real nice girl and we hung out and she did some a lot of things for me in that band. I played a lot of good shows, man. I mean, well, at one time we were we were almost like co-headlining with bands like DI and TSOL because we were pushing it. We had, a lot of people liked the songs like Scooter Boy, Johnny Fucker Faster. I was doing stuff like. Uh, Two fist and all that stuff, yeah. and, you know. But it was good times back then, you know. Uh, but then uh, I got tired of living down there. Um, the majority of the bands down there still, and I moved back up here. Yeah. And then I was with my living with my sister, and I picked up a dobro and started playing, and, and it was comfort comfortable for me. Yeah. I got well, tired. Yeah, you know, I got tired of all the pits and fights, and you know. Yeah. So let's talk about what, where you're at today, because I know you're. So we talked about you're doing old cheeky bastards, and you've been doing really well with that, right? And then we played with Pops, yeah, uh, a few weeks ago, and that was um, amazing. It was fun, that man. It was really cool. It was fun. And then you've got the Kitty Hawk, Hawk. Kitty, Kitty Hawk. Hawk, yeah, with Jennifer, okay. Jennifer Kitty Hawk, Furman, so. yeah. 
But let's kind of talk about, like, what are some of the projects you got going on now? Because you talked about coming back, picking up the Dobro. So it sounds like things got a little quieter. Yeah. You moved into a different space. So right. what brought you into the music you're doing now? What, what? Um, I've always liked this kind of music. I've always liked the Resonator Dobro, the metal Resonator guitar, mm-hmm. because it's so cool looking and fascinating. And, um, you know, I always had guys saying, listen to Eric Clapton, and listen to this guy. No, I'm not going to listen to that. What brought me into... Doing the music now are, are a couple, one of my really good idols of all time. I mean, he's always going to be precious to my heart. Mm-hmm. As a guy named Ronnie Lane, was a bass player for the Small Faces okay. yeah, and yeah. the Faces, and he had a band called Slim Chance. It was his band, Slim Chance, is like busking, busker, skillful type music. It's a. Um, I don't it's, know what that is. Okay, busk, busking is like when you go out in the street corners and you're playing. Okay, you know. Okay. And skiffle is the same thing, but it's like instead of having a a bass bass, you have a a bucket mm-hmm. with a string and a oh okay, and a pole, okay. and you're just like hitting it. Right. And that's coming back slowly but surely. So Ronnie Lane's the one that turned me on to that. That he left the big band called The Faces. He made millions of dollars, lots of money. Right. He got tired of the corporate bullshit, the glam rock, all the bull crap. That he wanted to go to be, just leave that whole bullshit mess away, left it, and became an acoustic player. And his records don't sell, but they're beautiful. So that's what made me go into that. Yeah. You know, I really liked it. And, and it was, it's scary playing that kind of music. But I'm my boss. I'm my own boss, and I play it by myself. Yeah, I take the falls, you know. And I like it, you know. I think you're... I mean, just from seeing you perform in a more acoustic setting, you're definitely more vulnerable than you are with a wall of marshals. Yes, because you miss one chord or you miss a word or you choke on something. People can see that. But I don't really give a fuck because I'm still learning that trade. I'm a novice still, Eric. I've been playing acoustic stuff in bands for the last several years, two, three, four, almost four years, but I'm still a novice. I'm not a tricky, um, all the uh, cool licks and stuff, you know. Uh, I'm learning how to play a capo now. I mean, you know, I just, I just do what I do best. Oh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking at getting some guitar lessons. I figure it's time for me to learn how to play it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, my girlfriend Jennifer, That's the nice thing about punk rock. You don't actually have to know how to no, do it. No, you, you just play the bar chords and you play a big you, wall of Marshalls. And, exactly. You know. Yeah. But with these guys I have in Pops, um, with Pops, Marco is a great bass player. Yeah. Really mellow. And you can show him something, and he'll come back at you with a different twist. But it makes sense. And then we have the drummer, Brian, which I go back with Brian back in the early 90s. He was in a band called the Gargoyles, mm-hmm. who were on Sympathy Records, and a drummer. But he broke it down. He has a bucket, a real paint bucket that's a kick with a pedal and a snare. And it makes everything simple. And so far, you know, Pop's... Got, we, we, we've been playing like at Slim's and mm-hmm. Cafe de Nord and the Parkside. But we don't play all, often. We just play when it's just right for us. You know, we, we're on a couple of records that are coming out, an Acoustic Fury, uh, a 7-inch coming out. Uh, and we're going to do a full length next year on Acoustic Fury. Oh, nice. Pops. And I'm, the whole record's just going to be, there's not a title yet, but I'm going to have all my friends on it. And I'm going to hit you up. I'm serious. I'm going to hit you up on that. I, I, I would have got commitments from Knox, from the Vibrators. Oh, wow. How great it is to have computers with wave files, <laughs> right? You can send them across the pond. They sure, can that's say, how we did most of our last album. <laughs> <laughs> right? A wave file. Yeah. I mean, God bless that, man. Here we are mm-hmm. talking about God. Here's Pissed Off Punks with Marty. Baby, please keep your messing around 
have that going on. The Cheeky Bastards, it's a whole different animal. There's a lot of people in that band, and uh, it's a it's a different band, man. You know, I like it. I like it a lot. I love it. You know, the Bastards right now are at this weird plateau that we can't play a small show, we can't play a big show. It's weird. It's weird how how you start going up these little notches, right? And you know that kind of stuff. I mean, we just been, we just did a bunch of shows with Ronnie Montrose at the Fox Theater, and um, we we were doing shows a lot of shows with the Vibrators and just playing Slims, and mm-hmm. you know we. The Bastards can play with almost any band. We've already played with like Led Zeppelin type bands, and people loved us. We played with like a, a ska bands, and they loved us. So, and um, it, it's kind of hard to get those guys at shows because you have bagpipers that are in other bands. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, so it's, it's I, I like the Bastards, but I, I love Pops a lot because we have a lot of freedom in that band. Yeah, you know, and uh, to let you know what's happening right now um, before we wrap it up, I, I'm, I'm on Acoustic Fury Records. I got a bunch of stuff coming out next year for both bands. Both my bands, the Pops and the Bastards, are on the mm-hmm. same label. So I play both sides of the fence, and the Bastards don't like it. But that's just the way it is. You know? <laughs> well, they're a bunch of Bastards. Yeah, a bunch of Bastards. Anyway, so I'm back on both sides of the fence. And, uh, and those guys are doing projects, too. Mike Melinda, you know, he, he's a good guy, and he's worked with me a lot. I've known him for years, and I love him dearly. We have, our, we, we, we have a love-hate relationship. But I do love him, and uh, but he's got a good band called The Troubles of Monkeys. It's a, it's a cover band of the Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Sean the Bagpiper, he goes to Britain to does competition, and Cheryl's doing a couple things. Uh, Patrick the bass player is really really not a really, he's in the Monkeys, but he does a lot of triathlons and runs and shit. Let let him do that. I don't give a fuck. So when they're not doing any, when they're doing their things, I'm off doing pops, Kitty Hawk with Jennifer or myself. <laughs> I want to say I'm going to say some shout outs to a couple of ba- some bands I like. Uh, um, I was talking to Doc. I've always liked Visitor 42. Oh, yeah. That, that Rolling Stones song was so badass, so classic. Uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch of bands I like these days. Uh, I mean, Wilson Gill. I like Wilson Gill. I like the band Bite, Chelsea. She's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, I, I like your band. Um, and I, sometimes I forget names of bands and stuff. Um, but I, I like uh, Eric. Uh, I mean, I like uh, Brian McPherson. Uh, I played with him last night. Um, that guy's good. Keep an eye out for that acoustic player. He was mm-hmm. really, really good. I still like the dwarves. I, I still like those guys. They make me laugh, and they're my friends, you know. But uh, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a good time, Eric. You yeah, know, having a real good time and stuff. And Pops is going to be doing a couple of mini tours down south, and you know, I'm trying to get the Bastards got a bunch of big shows coming up next year. So um, I'll keep you guys in touch. And if you want to get a hold of me, just go to Cheeky Bastards, you know www.com you know. so www.oldcheekbastards.com yeah, yeah, .com and if you want to go to Pops just go to MySpace I mean go to Facebook I don't know how to do the Facebook I mean it's on there but I don't know what to say it's Facebook Pops 77 Pops that's it 77 yeah, that's easy that's oh. easy and then if you want to give me hate mail just go to me Dave Dalton on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun I really, I'm enjoying myself now yeah you know so and uh and it seems like you're having a really good time, and you're making yeah. some amazing music. And I'm trying to do the best I can, and stuff like that. So, but uh, but that was it. I, that's all I can say. Anything else? When they ask me, I don't care. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for coming out today. Cool, man. And thanks a lot, guys. I this really has been awesome. It. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Doc, for your hospitality. Thanks, man. <laughs> and now for some live Dave Dalton and Music Live Radio Studios. I can this pole Picked up and told you down Told you some more Six men in Birmingham I can put this pole Picked up and told you down Told you some more The fifth got promotion for still I'll be in black Irish now, wrong place in time. I will end to keep you in a maze. Ringman will keep you now, seven long days. If it's got promotion for still. 
in black Irish now Wrong place in time God, if you go on these shows Drinking and partying with all the lovely whores God, if you go song called Rosie. It's uh it's written and I've only played it last night, so I'm just gonna have to wing it. it falls apart while well, yeah. at least you got one out of it. Okay, <laughs> see if I can do this. No more machines, coke canteens, no more standing in line. Monday morning blues, wash our cues, leave this shit behind. No more tools, union bruise, no more eight-hour days. Wake up cold, red brick walls, waiting in the pouring rain. Oh, Rosie, I'll meet you at the factory wall. I'll take you to the place that you've never been, I'm gonna take you, baby. Back I'm on. Imitation plants, backstreet girls. I love the color in your hair. No more envy in the bicycle shed. Getting married on state welfare. Hey, oh Rosie, I meet you by the factory wall. I take you to the place that you've never been. I'm gonna take you, baby. Back on my own. I may not work for another week I may not work at all I think I'll crash on the winner's path Stick this lousy job up your ass Oh, Rosie I'll meet you by the factory wall i take you to the place that you've never been I'm gonna take you, baby Back on my own. No more machines, cook canteen. No more standing in line, baby. Monday morning blues, rush our cues. Gonna leave us behind. I said now, I said, oh, no, say. I'll leave you by the factory wall. I 
take you to the place I've never been I'm gonna take you, baby Back to That's a new song. That's good. It's like a new song. I, and I don't care if I messed up. Who cares? It's brand new. I can hear anything <laughs> I have this little thing. It's an instrumental on the, my first record called Bag of Tricks. Okay, as an announcement, this is Dave Dalton. Um, to let everybody know, all Screaming Buddy Mary's recordings, as well as Cell Block 5, are either mixed, mastered, or produced by East Bay Ray of the Dead Kennedys. Now, uh, Old Cheeky Bastards, all recordings either mixed, produced, or uh, mastered by Michael Melinda. And Pops, um, my new band, is either produced, mixed, mastered, uh, recorded by East Bay Ray of the Dead Kennedys and Dave Dalton. Thank you. Thanks again to Eric and Dave for stopping by Music Live Radio Studios and sharing some stories with us. We're going to leave you with a new track by Old Cheeky Bastards. This is from the Sheena is a Folk Rocker acoustic tribute to the Ramones album. But this song is called Strength to Endure. This is on Acoustic Fury Records. Walking through the crossfire hard Feeling heavy and hopeless Wondering how I ever will See through this darkness Every drop of blood can be so beautiful And I sure was bleeding the drops By the bucket full the strength to endure her and all the love so pure. I have the strength to endure her because, because I'm not.
His band Pops is also on that tribute album. That should be coming out very soon. Thanks again for listening to Music Live Radio. I'm your host, Dan Sauter, and we'll catch you next time.